everyone. It's that time of the week. Necromaniacs. It's me and Jeff again. What's up? Hello, Mike. How you doing, Jeff? Doing all right, man. How about yourself? Okay. Good to hear. So uh, before right. we get going on uh, this week's episode, did you uh, get a chance to watch anything or experiencing anything interesting this past week? Well, you know, it was Halloween. Uh, I know we had our Halloween episode a few weeks back, but it was actually Halloween last week. Uh, so <clears throat> I did watch a, a, a bunch of stuff. I also read, probably like you and everyone else who was listening, read about the tragedy on the set of the movie Rust uh, with Alec Baldwin killing, obviously accidentally, the director of photography and injuring the director of, of, of the movie. And, uh, you know, I just want to, you know, brought up a lot of thoughts, you know, feeling reminded me like, uh, how this happened in the nineties with uh, the movie, the crow yep. and the death of, um, of, uh, Brandon Lee. And this goes to, you know, there's just some jobs you go to and you think like, you know, the danger involved, you're a firefighter, you're a policeman, you work on an oil rig, something like that, but you don't go to a set of a movie I think you're going to get shot by Alec Baldwin. <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's it's insane. It's really sad. And like everything else, it's being politicized because Alec Baldwin made fun of Trump for four years. And <laughs> so SNL. somehow it's like fucking his fault that he, he murdered. He shot someone because he's a, he is a, against Donald Trump. Who the fuck? What kind of fucking people are out there? Sick people. People like, uh, are, you know, uh, uh, Ted Nugent, who, who said uh, he was on an episode of Miami Vice. And uh, he checked the gun, like he and he checked the gun himself, and never pointed it at anyone on set. Well, okay, actors are not gun safety experts. If you, if I was an actor and you handed me a gun and I looked into it, I wouldn't couldn't fucking tell you if it was right and safe or not. I don't know. I'm not, you, it it doesn't make any sense. There's people whose job it is to do that. And if you're shooting a movie, it's not just okay. So maybe you're not pointing the gun at an actor. You're pointing it at someone on the crew, unless the entire crew is behind you. It's just an absurd notion that like people want to just, you know, it's like it now, okay, you made fun of Trump for four years. Now we get to shit on you. And it's unfair. I mean, like the guy's life is probably ruined. I mean, he killed someone. That's got to be tough to live with. That, that's a heavy thing to deal with for sure, man. And fuck Ted Nugent. I got rid of all of my Ted Nugent records that I've accumulated over the course of my life because that guy's a fucking cunt. If you ask me, he is the absolute definition of a cunt and a dumb one at that. You know, it's okay to have opinions that are different from mine. I, I don't think it's cool to just to, to be an asshole <laughs> and to say such fucking the, the terrible things he says. Uh, I've never been a fan of his music, so that wasn't a problem for me. But well, I, I was a huge fan, and anyone out there, oh, yeah. if you wanna, if you wanna like fucking start some shit. Because uh, and call me names because I got rid of Nugent's records. You can go fuck yourself because I got tons of records that are controversial that are already in my record collection still, like Burzum and fucking you know Hate Forest and stuff like that. So uh, I'm not trying to be some like woke asshole by getting rid of Ted Nugent's records. I just think he's a cunt for saying shit like this. And uh, yeah, and that's that, man. Yeah. <laughs> despicable human being but anyway man fucking it's too you know sucks for everyone involved that director was an up-and-coming director he made a film called crown vic which was quite good uh and i was really looking forward to what he did what he was doing next and you know obviously i'm assuming we're never going to see this movie and with good cause i mean someone died someone yeah. someone with a child and a husband you know like was was lost this is terrible and yeah, it just goes to show, man. Like, like just yeah, it's not a safe world we live in. You know, you're going to make a movie, and then one day you just you don't come home. It, it's it's crazy. It it shouldn't happen, but it does. It happened in the '90s, and it happened in the 2021. Well, one of, one of the things that's more fucked up about this whole situation, like for example, what Ted Cuntface Nugent said, <laughs> yeah. was like they're talking about. It's like so. All right, here's the situation: is Alec Baldwin accidentally killed someone, right? Now, that's the tragedy. 
But no one's talking about that. They're talking about Alec Baldwin, the you know the liberal. You know what I mean? Right. Like that somehow exactly. is like outshining the the fact that somebody was accidentally killed. And also what you brought up earlier about Alec Baldwin himself having to live with this tragedy and how horrible that is. Everyone's, you know, these fucking assholes like Ted Nugent are like, oh, yeah, you deserve it. You know, now, now you're going to get it, you know. Like, well, that's not the point, man. The point is someone fucking got lost their life, man, you know. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. Like, you're, you're, you're missing the the real tragedy here and just going for the, the, the opportunity to make mean tweets about people and to pile on. I think that's despicable no matter who you are, you know, like and whether you're a lefty or a righty, it's like, it, it's despicable behavior. Fuck and, yeah. uh, yeah. So, you know, had, had to mention that, uh, um, <laughs> on a happier note, like I said, it was Halloween. Uh, I watched a bunch of movies. I returned to the theater two times. So really getting used to going to the movies again, and I'm really enjoying it. And uh, I saw Antlers. Okay. I've been wanting to see that one. Yeah, I, I wish you did, you, you would because I'm curious what you think about it. Uh, you have a like, first of all, like you have a great location. Uh, this was filmed, I didn't know this, my friend told me, this was filmed in the same town as uh, Rena First Blood. Okay. So, you know, dreary uh, Oregon, you got a lot of fog, a lot of rain. Uh, so you have this great setting and a great director, Scott Cooper, who knows how to capture it. He's very good at, you know, making the setting of the movie very important to the film. Um, so you got that. You have a great myth with the Wendigo. Mm-hmm, right, right. And this amazing creature design. The creature looks great. You don't really get a great look at it much, but uh, what you see is is, is very impressive. All these things line up for like a great horror movie. But I got to say, when I left the theater, I was very disappointed. It's just sort of an average movie. I don't know if Scott Cooper just didn't understand the horror genre. It moves really, really slow, and it's not a long movie. I would say it's maybe 90 minutes with minus the end credits. Oh, okay. And it wants to be an allegory about grief and about trauma and people's past, which I think is great. I, I, really good themes, Every, but it just sort of botches it. It moves too slow, and then at the end, goes too fast there's a big exposition dump that really was almost comical like with like a guide to the wendigo and complete with how how, how to stop it you know it's just like hate shit like that in horror movies you know um but i would also recommend seeing i mean it's a it's a great looking movie it has like i said great location the cast is great everything about it was great except the movie itself i i was just very yeah, like I said, very di- disappointed. Like it, I just thought this should have been like my top five horror movies of the year, and instead I would give it a very either light rec. I mean, it's either like a C plus or a B minus. You know what I mean? It's somewhere in that range. Right. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and the theater is almost completely empty, and I thought, well, that's not a good sign. It's so close to Halloween, it's a creature feature, and you know, <laughs> no one is in the theater. <laughs> Where is everybody? Um, it was, uh, slightly more well attended, uh, a few days later, I saw Last Night in Soho, the new Edgar Wright film. Are you an Edgar Wright fan? What are your thoughts about it? I don't even know who that is, man. (laughs) He made, uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like Shaun of the Dead. I didn't really care for Hot Fuzz, though. Yeah, I liked them both, uh, uh, quite a bit, um, he made a couple films after that. I wasn't so crazy about. He made Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which I guess it's a good, okay movie. Just not for, made for someone like like me. I think it was made for I don't know, young younger generation, I guess. Then he made the movie Baby Driver, which I thought was totally fine, watchable movie, but you know, didn't love it. So. I, I saw here. this trailer for this Soho film, and I have literally no interest in seeing it. 
Interesting, because I did not see the trailer for it. And I'm a, I'm a fan of Edgar Wright. But I've been going on this thing of, like, I want to know very little about a movie before I see it. So, unless it's, like, the new Batman trailer, I try to avoid trailers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw, uh, we, I saw the trailer in, in a movie theater. So, I mean. Oh, I, okay. So, it was kind of out of context, I guess, for me. that I was just waiting to go, um, you know, to watch. I forgot what film it was. Maybe, uh the green knight or something. And, um, and I'm like, man, this movie looks fucking boring. <laughs> and, um, I did not have any desired. I probably won't see this movie actually, but go ahead. Yeah. I'm not sure what you'd think about it, but I, this, it, it's definitely has its flaws, but I really, really, really liked it. And I, I didn't know anything about it really going in, but, uh, Man, like I, I really enjoyed the shit out of it. <laughs> like oh, I think cool. it has, yeah, it, it does. Uh, you know, part of it takes place in the swinging '60s in London. Part of it takes place in the present day, and uh, it looked really awesome. It made me miss England. You know, that was one I always loved going to London on tour. Uh, loved it, and I uh, really miss it. So it just it made me a little nostalgic for those days and on top of that you know it's 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 got some problems with the the plot and the end twist is a little kind of makes me think about well what i saw before it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but you know that's a that's okay sometimes that's okay <laughs> and sometimes i'm just along for the ride and this is one of those moments uh it's just sort of like a thriller horror version of woody allen's midnight in paris yeah <laughs> if that, and if that sounds interesting to you you might you might enjoy this movie yeah, I mean, if maybe like some night when it's you know if it's on like a network streaming somewhere and I got nothing to do, I'll check it out. It just didn't jump yeah. out to me. It's like you know I have a must see for me. You know. Yeah, no, I get, I got you. Um, last thing I'll mention, we watched it on Halloween night. Or okay, maybe not the last thing I'll give you. Uh, we uh, we watched Lamb. You know anything about the new A24 horror movie? That's well, another one I'm not, I'm not beating the door down to see that one either, man. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't look that interesting to me. I got to be honest. I got to say, like, it did look interesting to me. This is one trailer I saw. I was like, this is going to be a weird movie. And uh, it is, but in, at the same time, it's not. It treats everything very matter-of-fact. It's more like a family drama, but the child is just half-human, half-lamb. It's... It's something. Um, it it's it moves a little slow. It feels it's not long, but it feels long. Um, ultimately, like again, soft recommendation. Like you should maybe. It's 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 beautifully shot. Uh, you know, shot in Iceland. Uh, every 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 shot is like a photo you can hang on your wall. Uh, so it's got that, and it's just overall kind of kind of just a strange idea that is presented as very normal so that aspect of it it was interesting but you know not really not much happens in the movie you know it's this couple on a farm with this thing as a kid and they just kind of are going about their lives it's that's basically the movie it's definitely not scary or horrific or anything like that i think there was a comic book that this might have been based on that came out like 10 15 years ago maybe that that's the whole like vibe of the of the movie reminds me of something else. Hmm. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. It seems like yeah, maybe that was like a book or something. Yeah. Uh last thing I'll mention very quick was a book. I, I've had the book and never read it. It's called The Ruins. I uh I watched that uh just just the other night and was surprised to say that it was actually pretty damn good. Okay. I haven't I, seen it. From the early, like you know, two thousand eight or something like that. I know though, everyone when it came, out, everyone said the book was great. That's why I bought it. I was like, oh, I'm going to buy the book and then then I'll see it. And uh, I just never, I got like a stack of books I never read. It's embarrassing. But uh, I won't say too much about it because uh, oh maybe maybe we can do a, an episode about it someday because I think uh, the runes is something you might dig. I know I never read the book either, but I I um. It's, it takes place in, like, uh, like Mexico or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, on a Mayan uh, yeah, on a like pyramid. South America, some, some, some kind of... Uh, <laughs> yes, something like that. You know, some, I don't, you know I don't pay attention when I watch things. <laughs> <laughs> I think it took place in France. I don't know. <laughs> France. 
Um, but yeah, what about you, man? What like uh, how was your Halloween? What have you been doing? Unfortunately, Halloween was just like another day this year. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really yeah. do anything. I hear you. The uh, I actually now that I live out in the suburbs, uh, I bought some candy, but no kids came for trick or treating. So oh man, yeah, so I hear of, you, dude. Kind of a bummer, you know. Yeah, um, I haven't had trick or treaters in like since I moved to Boston. I mean, what we're talking like twenty five years, oh, wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like yeah. Oh. You know, I figured there, you know, there was kids and kids around here and stuff, but you know, I, maybe I don't know, whatever. No, no one really yeah. knows me, so I, I can see that. Um, I I read a graphic novel called The Nameless by Grant Morrison, and a fucking unbelievable man. Someone recommended it to me on Instagram, and I'm sorry, but I can't remember who it was. Um, I should really look up this dude's name and and give him some props, but the. Uh, He's like, yeah, I think you would enjoy this, and it's it was, I, and I like Grant Morrison too, man, and uh, really good, man. I- Image published it a while ago, and okay. it's it's got all the stuff that I like in it, man. You know, like uh, apocalyptic shit. You know, the occult. Um, yeah, it's like it, it combines like some stuff from like maybe Event Horizon and like an asteroid. It's oh okay yeah this kind of thing man it's really cool really really I cool. was gonna ask if this just somehow had anything to do with the Ramsey Campbell novel The Nameless you know something uh, man? did you I haven't read the Ramsey Campbell novel The Nameless is it is it uh, what's the story what's the plot uh God I read this like twenty years ago maybe a long time ago but I don't remember it too well I know it dealt with some sort of cult. I know it was made into a film in Spain too, um, but when you said when you said uh, had dealt with the call, I don't think there was an asteroid or anything like that involved. Uh, it was a pretty good novel. I prefer short stories, but uh, I remember liking it. But I don't remember too much about it. I have to go back and revisit it to give it a good set. But like, it sounds like it deals with similar themes. Yeah, I mean, I know, I mean, I'm familiar with Ramsey Campbell. I haven't read that particular book by him, but uh, that's definitely territory that he works within. So, yeah, very possible, you know. Okay, cool, awesome. I'm gonna have to check. Definitely put a star next to that for something to look into. And then, completely by accident, I happened <laughs> I happened upon this uh, this show on Hulu. I think Vice oh. actually makes it. It's a, it's a docu-series, a true crime docu-series called The Devil uh, You Know. Yes. Yes. Uh, you've seen yeah. this? I have seen some of it. Uh, the one I saw was based around a guy who a guy who called himself Pazuzu. Pazuzu Algarod, yes. Yeah. Oh, so is that the one you watched? Yeah, yeah. That's, I, saw, I watched the entire first season in one night, man. I was fucking I gripped by it. Yeah, dude, I was, I was, I same thing, but they only showed like two episodes. I think it was when they just aired, you know. They and so that's, and I was like, Jesus Christ, I, I gotta fucking, I gotta finish this, and I just sort of forgot about it. So it's, it's worth, worth sticking with. I take it. I mean, you know, the true, true crime stuff has, has a, um, like a built-in audience. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, but I, I thought, I, I was reading. You know, I was just. It was one night. It was late, too. Like, I was up until, like, 3 in the morning watching this thing, man. It wasn't even like I started it early. I started it, like, I don't know, it was, like, 9 o'clock or something. I was, like, looking for something to watch. Yeah. I'm like, oh, let me check out Hulu. And it, you know, had all the, the stuff that I like, you know, Satan and murder, you know, all the yeah. <laughs> all this yeah. the good stuff, you know. Yeah. And uh, I watched, the, there was, like, a little trailer. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. You know, this is that Manson cults, you know, like stuff like that, you know, um, you know, black metal, like all that stuff, you know, anti-Christian what? stuff, all you know, things like that. You know, it's great. This guy could have been on one of your shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's funny, man. Like, like, uh, there's a couple of different things I've seen over the last year where it, I definitely feel like my life has intersected with people like this over the years. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, of course. You know, and um, yeah, yeah. There's another uh, a Lucifer Valentine film called uh, Black Metal. 
nails or something like that. Mm-hmm. That uh, I, my my drummer actually ripped it somewhere when he sent me like an MP4 of this thing, and I watched it on my iPod, iPad rather. Yeah. And it, it was like the darkest, depraved like documentary about just a bunch of drug addict losers in some shithole town in the middle of nowhere that are just into like evil, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that kind of sounds like what you watch with the, 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 the yeah, the devil, you know, um, isn't there like a scene of like one of his like friends just like absolutely shredding. Like he's got like a home studio and everything. Yeah. There's well that, that's the guy that he, he was like a childhood friend of his and he yeah. ended up going into the military and he was the one who actually turned him in. Oh, okay. All right. All yeah. right. He's like shredding guitar. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like a Paul Reed Smith or something like yeah. that. I can't. <laughs> but I was like, this guy seems to have his shit together, you know? Like he's got like this like home recording equipment. You know, where, where does that take place? It's like Kentucky or some shit, right? Uh, Winston Salem, North Carolina. Oh wow, I was way off. I lived in North Carolina for a while. I certainly did not know uh, any Pazuzus or anyone like like yeah. him. Real quick. I, the, it came back to me that that Lucifer Valentine movie was Black Metal Veins. Black Metal Veins, okay, Black yeah. Cross Up. Not not an easy movie to watch, and also not something I would even really recommend to anyone. But if if you want an experience that will just make you feel like you need to take a shower, um, or never never travel to any other town besides the town you live in. <laughs> That's definitely a movie to watch then. That sounds, see, that sounds like something I would, well, maybe not enjoy, but we well, can like, because I really like it when something gets under my skin. That means I was like, it did something right. Like, uh, speaking of black men, I had a friend who watched that movie based on the, the book, was The Lords of Chaos. And uh, he, he's not really that familiar with that world. And he kind of liked the movie. And I was like, that's interesting because everyone I know who's, familiar with black metal or like really really hated it i haven't seen it myself but i'm sure you have yeah i saw it in the movie theater uh it was kind of funny because um you know like it was i think the week it opened and um yeah i i saw it at uh like one of these like cool theaters where you can order food and you know beer and stuff like that Sure, yeah. So so it was funny because the crowd, there was like a bunch of like Mexican, like black metal dudes there and like, you know, people with leather jackets. Yeah, we got that like, out here too. <laughs> yeah, then there was like these typical like Brooklyn, like white women, you know, yeah. that are when their boyfriends <laughs> with beards, you know, and people like that, you know. Right, yeah. And there was a scene where um where Euronymous, there's a it's a pretty brutal scene where Varg like stabs a knife into his head. And yeah. like pulls the knife out, and it's it's brutal, you know. So this this lady starts laughing, right? And someone's like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like ye- like yelling it <laughs> all like passionate and everything. Oh man! And I was like, it is kind of out of line to laugh at something like that, really, if you ask me. Yeah, you know, I'm talking to my friend. He was like, you know, he's like a big fan of what he calls like a good death. Like when you see, like when you watch someone die in a movie, and you're like, Jesus Christ! Like that one's not going to leave my psyche anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, he's like that one has. Uh, I think he said that one has two. Um. Uh, but other than that, like that's really like I, I heard another person mention before that it kind of had a comedic slant to it a little bit. Like it's a little bit mocking these people. <laughs> yeah, there is. There's that too. But also, I don't know, dude. It's just like I don't feel like that. that like that story is for is for everyone. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's like, right. There's certain things that are just not meant for everyone, you know? And I think the story of, of Euronymous's death and Varg Vickerness and all these people is not, that's really for a, a very select group of people really, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. I know black metal definitely had its moment in the sun where like, it seemed like everyone and their grandmother was like into it and a million black metal bands popping up. But like, Right, you, it is still very much a, a a niche thing, and uh, yeah, it seems like the the more familiar you are with that world or that story, the more apt you are to to, to check something like that out. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't, you know, it, it was. I didn't. I, I'm not. I, I didn't. I'm not going to say I liked it because I thought I watched it, 
and there were moments in there that were that were interesting to me, but by and by and large, I, did, I would have to give it pretty low marks on my uh, yeah, you know, on my radar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I just like I'll get around to it someday. I just heard so much bad shit about it. I just even remember like, hold up, they cast one of the Culkin kids in the movie. I was like, that's a interesting choice. <laughs> like, um, yeah. it seemed to me like it should be cast with a bunch of nobodies or like, you know, be like, you know what I mean? Not American actors for sure. At least. Well, that, that's the thing, man. It, it should have been in like Norwegian. You know what I mean? It should have been a foreign film. It should, it should have been made in Norway. Yeah. And, it's not an American story. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it should have Norwegian actors in it and you know, right. and, and that, that would have been cool, but you know, they, they went for the big money and they failed in my opinion. It happens, and uh, you know maybe in ten years they'll 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 try again because uh, there seems to always be an interest in in Varg and his music and that scene and that time. Well, I mean, you know, you might not. I I don't I don't agree with his politics, you know, obviously, but like um, obviously, yeah, yeah, dude, same. you really cannot deny the fact that he, you know, created is an architect of that entire style of music. Sure. You know? I mean, I I was uh, having lunch one day on uh, lunch break from work, and like a crew of like fifteen, I would say fifteen to eighteen year old Mexican kids came in wearing like Burzum shirts and had like leather vests, and I was like, huh, all right, I'm not gonna fuck with these guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, it's either like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, like you know, I wasn't gonna be, hey, you know, Varg was a racist. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure. If you know who he is, you know his politics, and you know how fucking fucked they are. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna like, uh, uh, you know, um, I'm not gonna defend his his uh, po- politics because I don't agree with them. And uh, but the thing is, it's like you can't deny it. You can't deny that he was like the music that he created was important, you know, and and that's just the way it is. I also want to bring up the fact that most people who detest him will bring up the fact that he's a racist and not bring up the fact that he killed someone. Yeah. There oh, you go. Racism. I, I did it. I just did it now that he's a fucking murderer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Being a racist is horrible, but I mean, killing someone, I mean, uh, you, you, that, it's a titch worse in my book. <laughs> Actually, you know, sure, you that that's a great point, man. Yeah. It's like, I think even Dave Chappelle brought that up in his special. Yeah, I don't think you mentioned him, but yeah, he, no, you was talking about the rapper, uh, the baby. Yeah, uh, who, who, whoever that might be, uh, That's someone awesome. younger can get can please tell me who this guy is. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, every yeah. every apparently this guy gunned gunned some people down, and everyone's cool with that. But what they're not cool is some of his uh, off color statements about, I guess, the LGBTQ community. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did say some pretty dumb shit. But you know how I'm 45 years old. I grew up in the golden age of hip hop. Pretty homophobic back then. <laughs> yeah, hip hop's come a very long way. But but they the were cool with him shooting somebody down, though. They just weren't right, exactly. Cool with him, I like, guess yeah. right. Saying yeah. Well, you know, in his defense, who hasn't wanted to murder someone in a Walmart before? <laughs> oh man. All right, so anyhow, on to something slightly less dark. The movie we're going to talk about today, The Night House. That's funny that you say that it's slightly less dark because this movie actually is pretty dark. It's interesting you say that. I think we have some different perspectives on it uh, then. Um, It deals with heavy subject matter, I'll say that. But overall, I would say this is a movie that... uh, could be like a mass audience type of horror movie. Like I could recommend this to my mom. It seems like something she would enjoy. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. It's not like a bloodbath. Oh no, <laughs> like no, no, no. But it's it's yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah. So it came out June twenty fourth, twenty twenty at Sundance, and then released to larger audiences August twentieth, twenty twenty one, this past year. So it's a relatively oh, okay. new film. Directed by David Bruckner, who we mentioned last week on the VHS 94 episode. Yeah. Interesting enough, I know when I looked that up, that looking at his uh, career uh, to, to this day, like this is not a movie I would expect him to make. Right. Uh, written by uh, David S. Goyer, 
Keith Levine and John Zois. Zois. John Zois. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Zois as the pronunciation. Mm. Sure, we'll uh, go with that. 110 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll run down. It's a really small cast, actually. Yes. Which we love here. Yeah. We got uh, Rebecca Hall as Beth, who is could could easily be Aubrey Plaza's older sister. Yes. Yeah, good call. Uh Sarah Goldberg as Claire. Vondi mm-hmm. Curtis Hall as Mel. Mm-hmm. Evan jo- Jonig Kite. That's a that's a strong last name, man. As Owen. Yeah. Stacy Martin as Madeline. Jonig Kite. Jonig Kite. You got it. Sounds like the name of a, like a black metal band, actually. Yeah, you wonder if he had like a conversation with his agent, like you know, like no, I'm not doing it. I'm he's, not changing my name. He's like nine, <laughs> nine, <laughs> nine, nine. <laughs> this is my name. <laughs> this is my name, Johnny <laughs> Kite. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, I, apparently he was in. He's on some show or something that's popular because uh, I don't know. He looked really like familiar to me, but like when I looked him up, I was like, I don't think I've seen anything else he's been in. <laughs> I, I never, I haven't seen any of these people in anything before, except for there. There's like, I don't r- recognize anyone in this. Well, Rebecca Hall, she was in uh, a, a, another horror movie called The Awakening from uh, about ten years ago that I, uh, I remember being pretty good. I don't know, it's been a while. And she was in The Prestige, the Christopher Nolan film, oh, which I liked quite yeah, a bit. I did like that one too. Yeah. Sarah Goldberg is on Barry, the HBO show with uh, the guy from SNL there. Whose name is not coming to me? Why? Uh, anyway, she's on Barry. Good show. Watch it. I haven't seen that. <laughs> and I think Mel was on uh, the guy, the character guy who played Mel, uh, Von D. Curtis. I, I think he was in uh, Daredevil. The, oh, the, uh, okay. All right. The I TV guess I have show. to pay attention more when I watch these things. I could be wrong. I don't know. I haven't seen the original Daredevil since it aired, but the, I thought he was the the reporter. Well. I, you know, I almost slept on this movie. I, yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, because I don't know. Me too. Yeah, it's just like uh, you know, it had a cool title. You know, the Night House. Like it sound. You would think that it would be this kind of like atmospheric, like Shirley Jackson esque film. You know what I mean? Which when I when I saw the title, I was like, oh, this this might be about like ghosts and like oh, oh technically, I guess. It maybe loosely falls into that, but it's it's a lot loosely. different. It's a lot different yeah. than I was expecting. Me too. Um, yeah, I kind of really slept on this until someone wrote like uh, they were doing a countdown of movies released from from uh, last Halloween to to this October first, and this came up on the list. And as uh, it's like, oh, okay, I haven't seen this. It, it's uh, classified as a horror movie, and this guy really likes it, so thought i'd check it out but yeah i completely slept on it and you know like like i said like i, I was when i it was always said and done i was like oh, i'm a little surprised the studio didn't give it like a bigger push this could be like something a horror movie a mass audience can digest like it's not a thrill ride like the conjuring it's not name recognition like like michael myers and halloween but it's it's i think it's an easy one to for for a mass audience to uh to get to 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 uh to get to get through basically yeah i mean it's kind of like a brooding relatively slow moving movie on the long side too it's 110 minutes so you know that that's you know it's it's you have to invest time into this film and pay attention sure yes i guess maybe the studio didn't have faith that the audience wanted to spend you know almost two hours with the in a movie that's fairly tame yeah, I think this was rated R, but it, like for a while, I thought like this was like PG thirteen. I would be surprised at the R rating. Okay, I'll have to double check that. Yeah, um, that was yeah, a bit yeah. of nudity and some language, and uh, there's, you know, there's some, nudity some... in this. I don't know. Who? Well, you know, there's a naked, there's a naked dude in it. Oh yeah, I didn't really. I, that that doesn't register to me as nudity. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like I just, I'm like, oh, was was uh, was Rebecca Hall naked? I must have missed yeah. that one. Right, yeah, remember that? Yeah, <laughs> the no, shower no. scene or something, you know? Yeah, it was it was really out of place. It was really weird. Um, so yeah, anyway, and even like you know, from like uh, director uh, David uh, 
Brockner, like, you know, you look at his career, like this is easily his most mature sort of um, palatable movie. Like that, that, uh, like I said, I could, I could recommend this to my mom. I wouldn't, you know, recommend you know, VHS or Southbound. Uh, the Terrifier. Uh, to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you look at Southbound, it's found, sort of found footage movie. It's uh, a little bit more violent, a little bit more like it's fun. This is just a more somber, moody piece. Um, the, you know, it, it just didn't. And then, of course, he made uh, the, the Ritual, which I know you have a lot of thoughts on. I know you love the book and you were you liked the movie, if I believe, if, if I remember yeah. correctly. No, I definitely liked the movie. For sure I did. You know, um, just that. Yeah. It's a, it's a different story than what's in, in the book. Right. You know, you know what I mean? And that's not necessarily bad. I mean, they're doing two different things. They're making a movie, and then there's the Adam Neville book, which is a different thing, you know? Right. Those are more traditional horror movies, or this is a drama, I would say, with maybe supernatural elements and definitely some, some horror elements. But, like, it, it feels like more of a drama and about this this woman's grief than to me than like a traditional sort of horror story about a creature in the woods or yeah or you know like a creature in the desert so he does you know like does a lot of stuff like that yeah so anyway beth she's uh suffering a heavy amount of grief as jeff indicated because her husband owen took his own life recently Mm -hmm. so uh so there's that this you know and and it definitely paints a picture of a woman living, you know, the the loneliness, the void that someone feels when someone really close to them passes or kills himself in this case. And uh, I think it does a really good job of capturing that in the movie, you know. And um, it's it's really sad, you know. I, I I had like a very pretty strong emotional reaction to that when I was watching that first beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's why I was a little hesitant. I was like, should I recommend this to Mike, or will like that just seem really tasteless? But uh, but uh, I'm glad I'm glad you at least you know appreciated it. Uh, yeah, Rebecca Hall. Like, did you like maybe I'm crazy, but like the, the first 45 minutes or so of this movie, she doesn't play the character as like a traditional grief-stricken movie character that you see. I mean, she's drinking a lot, but she's you you get like more of a sense of that she's like angry been sad for most of the movie like the way she kind of like lashes out at people well a couple of things about that i think that the fact that her husband killed himself makes her angry right and yeah then, she doesn't understand yeah yeah so and then there's also this this thing of like a note that he left behind uh yeah, you know yeah. that you were right there is nothing nothing is after you you're safe now this like cryptic note and mm -hmm. Now that related to a story that she told her husband where when she was very young, she actually died. She was dead for like four minutes or something like that, you know, like a period yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah. And in that period of time, she saw nothing. So. Right. You know, and we learned nothing might be something. Yeah. So as a result on. of the, you know, as a result of that, you know, she, you know, she's like this, you know, atheist you know, doesn't believe in any any kind of like afterlife or you know any any. She's very much like one of these pragmatic materialist people. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And you get a couple like you know you get this the first scene she comes back to the house and she throws away the casserole that was given to her probably at the wake or something like that. And then then like a like maybe a minute later, you know, she's hitting the whiskey, and a minute later you see she's dug it out of the trash and she's she's eating it. Uh, you don't see her dig it out of the trash, but you see her eating that that from from the casserole dish while she's watching videos of uh, her and her husband. I don't know why, but I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, because uh, it's like <laughs> it's it's funny because you can you know like when people when you get liquored up, sometimes you get hungry. You know what I mean? Yeah. And <laughs> and then like maybe there was it implied that you know there was nothing in the house, so she's like, oh, you know, let me, let me fuck with this casserole that's in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I just thought that was a nice, nice touch. And then the next scene, she's and you see she's a teacher, and you know she's gone back to work. No one really expected her back. Everyone's sort of whispering, like, "What are you doing here?" And one of the students' parents comes in, and she's like, "What? What? What the fuck do you want from me?" I love that scene, actually. I loved it too, man. 
like the, the this like white lady comes in and she's like all entitled, you know, about how her son has had it so tough, you know, like part of me was yeah. like, like, lady, you're fucking that's life, man. You know, you fucking you, you, he didn't turn in his work. What are you going to do? Right. The fuck exactly. do you want? Yeah. You know, that was her attitude. She's like, what you want? You think he deserves a B? Fine. He gets a B. Yeah, you know, it was so great. And the fact that she's like, Hunter, I got a lot of hunters. Like, that that made me fucking yeah. crack up because everyone's named Hunter or Espen or, or you know. <laughs> Fuck face. <laughs> Fuck face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, it reminded me of a great George Carlin bit, how he's sick of guys named Todd. And then he's trying to rattle, rattle off a bunch of names that he hated. <laughs> one, one, of the, and, one of the sickest dudes I know is named Todd, so I'm cool with that name. Yeah, I'm cool with it too. But George Carlin's fucking hilarious, and I guarantee if he was alive today, Hunter would be on that list. I probably know someone named Hunter who was real cool. So Hunter, I'm sorry. I know, I know there a really, go. I know, I know a great guy named Hunter. So I'm actually cool with that name too. But I dig- we digress in the in the we context digress. of this film. Hunter is just some <laughs> entitled kid's fucking name, which I get. I get it. Yeah, it's probably some snickering little piece of shit. Doesn't like fucking pay attention, but you know. Yeah, moms love their boys, you know, <laughs> and they can do no wrong. You you mentioned uh, about uh, 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 her dying. We learn that story in a scene at a bar. She's out with her friends, and everyone, you know, again thinks it's too early to go out. Now, usually scenes like this in movies with friends sitting around talking drive me nuts. They're usually like poorly like shot or poorly scripted. They feel really stilted. This felt really good. Like you really felt the tension of people not really quite knowing what to say or how to act because they they don't know how to deal with their, their friend who's who's grieving what to say to her, and and she just sort of lashes out. She's drunk, and she's like, you know, she 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 knows a thing or two about death, and she's explaining to to this guy. She's like, I died. Uh, in a lesser movie, that would be like a cringy exposition sort of scene. Here, it just felt very very natural and then and uh like i actually i wasn't even sure if that was even going to be a part of the plot which ends up being a very big part of the plot but i i thought uh, uh the director did a really good job with that scene yeah i i you know as everyone knows i like dialogue so i was cool with that whole scene anyway but but, yeah, yeah. but you know what i mean like yeah. you see movies there's people sitting around talking like no one talks like this and like these people don't seem like friends you, you know, I see right. it's it's, it's it, 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 like I've seen so many horror movies, you know, but in this one, I'm like, these people feel like they know each other. This feels authentic to me. Well, yeah, when it's done right, I like dialogue. And, and in this right, case, exactly. it was like, def- definitely done right. It was done really well. And um, I didn't know what to think of her friend at first. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm <laughs> glad you brought that up. I had that. There's two friends in this movie, right? There's Claire and there's Mel. Mel is like the nice next door neighbor, I guess, right? Yeah, the guy who lives in the, yeah down a couple houses down or whatever. They live in yeah. this like really cool, like you know, you can tell that uh, her husband was an architect, I guess, right? So yes, he probably yeah. like you know makes good money, and they they live in this like wooded area around a lake, you know, where, where people that generally do well financially live. So. You know, Mel is like the guy. It's I, I I hesitate to say neighbor because it feels like he doesn't live like right next to them. He might live like down a down a ways, but maybe the next house somewhere. You know. Yeah, this is somewhere in upstate New York. We should mention uh, a place where not many movies take place or or are shot. This definitely feels like it was shot. You know, it's an actual house on a lake. Nice, <laughs> um, nice, nice house. Really cool setting, very like you know different for you don't see too too, too much of that in, uh, in in horror movies. Anyway, um, we 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 meet Mel. So already, we're getting weird things from uh, Rebecca Hall is hearing things, she's seeing things. Uh, she's not sure if they're real, if she's just grieving. Uh, she runs into Mel and asks him, you know, hey, were you shooting your gun off this morning? He goes, no. Uh, I started to wonder right here. Like Mel pops up again later in the movie. I was like, is Mel someone you can trust? I have a feeling this guy, he's going to be like involved in this somehow. I wasn't sure what to think of him. I was like, maybe this guy's bad. He seems a little bit too invested in how she's doing. 
Yeah, it tur- yeah, he he was like one of those uh what the hell in video games, the non non player or whatever. You know? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's just there. He ex- and this is kind of a problem I had with with Mel is that Okay. As in in like um the craft of st- storytelling. I feel like he was introduced literally just for exposition purposes. Right. You know exactly. I mean? Like he only yeah. exists as this kind of cipher where where you learn more details about Owen. Yeah, like there's that one quick scene where he's like, "Well, I saw him," and you know, all these. So, well, we'll get into that later. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Mel ends up being like, not exact, not really like all that necessary uh, to the plot of the movie. But I liked, I liked uh, the performance. He was a, you know, like I said, I was like, I wasn't sure he seems likable, but also there might be like a sinister undertone there, and and if there is, he's playing it really well. And but. Spoiler alert, he ends up just kind of being just just a neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and I don't know. I, I kind of would have preferred if, like, maybe she found some sort of, like, diary or, you know, I don't know. Like, because what ends up happening is what, what kicks off her whole, um, you know, curiosity about the secret life of, her, of, of Owen was that she's going through his phones and, and she finds a photograph of a woman that's not her but looks an awful lot like her right and the moral of the story is never go through your loved one's phones no matter dead or alive just don't do it um uh right yeah uh and she's starting to realize that maybe her husband wasn't who wasn't who uh she thought he was and initially she thinks, okay, he was having an affair or multiple affairs, but it turns out to be something much more sinister. Yeah. Now, of course she thinks that. That's the natural thing. Now, this is where the movie starts going wrong for me. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, I loved everything up to the point where this element of the plot gets introduced. Because it just seems completely, I don't know. I just think they could have did a better job with this. Sure. Well, we should say it. Like, she discovers, uh, well, he's an architect. He built their house that they live in. She finds blueprints for another house, which is identical to theirs, only like a mirror image. Yeah, Everything a mirror is flipped. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like uh, like the apartment across the, uh, the way was the mirror image of the apartment I lived in, you know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, so she starts to get really curious and look more into his life. Why do he need this other house? Why are there all these girls who look like me on 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 his phone? And um, I kind of have to agree with you a little. Like, depending on how you view the movie, it either doesn't make any sense at all, <laughs> or it's re- <laughs> or it's really just a tale about someone in deep, deep grief and deep, deep denial. Well, I know that there's a uh, a discussion out there in the ether about whether or not oh. she was um, experiencing anything supernatural or this is all some fabrication in, in her mind, right? Right. Now, I, I don't see any reason to believe that, like, is, is, is the argument that, that none of that stuff existed that, that she saw? No. Okay. Here's what I think. Okay. Yeah. Big, big spoilers, it, everyone. If you haven't yeah. seen the movie, I don't know why the fuck you're listening to this, but if you haven't seen it, please <laughs> go and go and see. Yeah, it. this isn't Siskel and Ebert, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what she basically discovers when she talks to Mel, Mel says, "Well, he had urges." So you, you know, and he talked. She talks to one of these girls that that is on his phone, and it's quite a bit younger than her, too. By the way, quite a bit added. younger than her. But yeah, I can see how they look alike. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, so you, again, you think of these urges are sexual, but it turns out her husband was a serial killer. And there are some hints here and there throughout the movie that, uh, you know, he's up to something a little bit more sinister than just cheating. Like you said, uh, I'll bring up two things. There's two, two, two cliches in this movie that really bug me. The suicide note. There's nothing that drives me crazier than, than a movie with like the vague ghost 
who will lead you to a clue about how this person, uh, how the ghost ended up dead. Yeah. But won't just come out and tell you, hey, this guy killed me. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right, right. Um, he leaves this vague suicide note that, like, there is nothing, nothing is after you, you're safe. Now, that seems like, you know, uh, like, it doesn't really mean anything, but you find out it means a lot. It's this vague hint. Um, and another thing, when she's going through his blueprints, he writes, he wrote down, I have to trick it. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never written down a thought no. like that because and it this seems is, like something you'd remember. Well, this <laughs> you know, is like, all this is all the beginning of the end for me is all this stuff that you're yeah. talking about right now. You know, the suicide note, like, why the fuck would you like write something as as cryptic as that? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, only she will understand as opposed to like, why didn't you just be like, hey, this is what I did and this is why I did it. Exactly. Instead. Yeah, but if you do that, there's no movie. There's no suspense. And so. that's exactly. And that's kind of what I'm getting at, you know. And I right. thought it was funny that, like, you know, the girl that she ran into was like, uh, it's like, oh, you know, we never slept together, you know, or anything like that. I just thought that was like, like, why not make it that he's banging these chicks? You know what I mean? I don't know. It I ma- would make more weird. sense to me. I don't know. Jesus, you know. That that it shows like a street like a, a highway sign like she's driving a Utica that's 160 miles away, and I'm like, how did this guy go there, pick her up, bring her back, and then like go like it just I was like, it's an awful lot of time this guy was spending going back and forth to places. It seems like, you know, they never like, well, he, hey, where are you? Why are you gone so much? I know, man. You know, they, they mentioned that he slept walk, but you know, I don't. That was yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think anyone sleepwalks to Utica or, or, or whatever. No. And uh, so little, like little details like that. I'm like, you should have made it like the bookstore down the street. That would have just made more sense. You know, and I, I don't know what they were thinking of. Like the, she needed to drive almost three hours to, to visit this girl. So, um, so anyway, yeah, he's a serial killer, but he is a noble one. Like he is this, which doesn't make, again, okay. He has created this fake house and is killing these girls who look like Rebecca Hall to trick nothing. Nothing we learn, I guess, is a code word for for death. Uh, if, if death was a, a physical thing, I guess, you know, that, that's what he's there referring to as nothing. At least that's what I got out of it. Yeah, I, I had I had the inclination that nothing was like this kind of entity, this like demonic entity out there that when right. when um when when uh Beth died, she encountered this thing and it was spending her through her life seeking her out. Exactly. But yeah. you, if you were this demonic entity, why would you need to get at this person through their husband? No, that's exactly how, the other logic lapse that I have, too. And how could you possibly fucking trick this thing? Oh, that, exactly. that looks just like this woman I was following. No, it's like I, I have a feeling. My, my, my feeling is that if you're a demon or, or some supernatural entity, you're not going to fall for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and how many times did he fall for? Because there was, like, I, he killed multiple people. Yeah. Like, you figured out, you know, fool me once, <laughs> you know? Um, you have to figure, like, God, this is either one stupid demon or, like, what I think is, like, this is just some story he's concocted in his head to make himself feel better about what he's doing. Like, I'm not a bad guy. I'm doing this for noble reasons. I'm killing these women, not because I have to, because I'm a sick fuck. It's to save my wife from this, you know, demon I've, I've imagined. And I think her character, Rebecca Hall's character, is so grief stricken uh, that she doesn't want to see the true nature of who her husband really was. Like, it's much easier her to deal with that he was some noble protector of her than like some psychotic serial killer who maybe subconsciously wanted to murder her, but instead murders women who look like her. That's the only reason yeah. the movie makes sense. Any other explanation, the movie doesn't make any sense. All right. Supernatural element. Weak. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like element of it being like 
this is really what's going on. He's a murderer and he's trying to not kill her. Just fucking stupid, in my opinion. Right. You know, neither one of the options. They, it just seems like they didn't. Whoever wrote this didn't spend a lot of time. I mean, I guess three motherfuckers wrote this thing. So yeah, you feel like it. yeah, like like someone took a crack at it. Someone sent it in, like, oh, I can punch this up, but then they kind of forgot to like really like say what's like to make sense of it. So yeah, like you said, either way, it's like not either, really either that way, satisfying. Either way, either way, it's unsatisfying and weak weak storytelling. Right. Well, I mean, remember like that weird doll that she finds like these nails driven through it. Yeah. That ended up being nothing. That that even confirms like this is a sick fuck weirdo fucking people do shit like that. <laughs> like, like not noble guys who are trying to save their wife's lives from this this entity. And um, you know, in the end, it's left ambiguous. It's up to the viewer to decide. Um. If 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 nothing is uh if, if death is after her or if this is just in in her mind um and there's hints about it throughout the movie where like you know certain camera angles look like a shape but you know you turn your head and it's really just the the way the door happens to be positioned next to the cabin that looks like has like looks like a person so you keep, there's like hints throughout is this death or is it just nothing. Is it really just a figment of her imagination? And the movie sort of ends on an ambiguous note, which, uh, you know, sometimes I really appreciate an ambiguous ending. It leaves you thinking. But in this this whole movie, like, you know, like you said, like, it, it's just kind of a little annoying. Like, it dips its toe into nastiness, but won't really go full on, you know? I, I just think that, uh, you know, if, if I don't know, man, I... Um... It was kind of half baked, I thought the whole plot, and um, it was almost like they sat back at the end and go, oh, "Look how clever we are!" Right? You know? Oh, look, <laughs> yeah. look what a good, clever job we did in writing this script. And um, right, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't down with it, really. You know? Yeah. No, but, I, no, I know what you, I know what you mean. However, the uh, there's some really good elements to this, though. That's the thing. You know, it's like you know. I, I the in and of itself, the the key elements to this this movie were are actually quite good. You know, husband being the serial killer, killed himself. He didn't. You know, she discovers these things. You know, the grief. Um, like the first, the the exposition part of this film, I thought was really good. You know? Yeah. But then it hit that point, and I was just like, oh no, really. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it, it's too bad. You know what? Like Rebecca Hall is great. It's a good role, and she plays it really well in, in a way that's not common. You know, she's she's drinking and stuff like that, but she's not sulking around. She's just lashing out, and she's angry. And you know, her friend and the dialogue they have together, like it feels natural. They, they it feels like they're really friends, and this seems like dialogue they'd really be having like in, in real life. Uh, Mel, who ends up being sort of a nothing character. Uh, it, it, it's more well acted than than the part maybe needs, but he does a great job. So, and like I mentioned before, the setting, like the lake house, like there's something inherently creepy and isolating a, a, about places like that. And uh, it just wish the movie focused a little bit more on that atmosphere. And you know, they could have had could have had something. Yeah, that's the thing, man. I, I you hit all the points that I, I was saying too. It's just it's it's just. It just was disappointing. I thought, you know. Yeah, like, I, like, like I said, like, oh, maybe, like, it's like, you know, you like you've been suspicious neighbor, the weird doll with the nails through it, the body's like, maybe this is, or like some sort of cult thing. Maybe this is gonna like crescendo into uh, this big ending. And the movie just sort of, you know, she goes out into a boat, and she looks like she's about to to, to kill herself. That death is, um you know, forcing her to kill herself. But of course, if he could do that, why did he need the husband? <laughs> yeah, that was the other point too, you know? And yeah. Then, and, then her, and then Mel is like, uh, there's nothing there. And she's like, I know. <laughs> like, and the movie ends. Yeah, I, 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 exactly. So like, yeah, like, yeah, it seems like they thought like calling death nothing was so clever. Like, I know. I, I, that's what I hated the most about this. Cause like, I, like even the note, 
in the beginning didn't bother me as much as it did at the end. Like in the beginning, I was like, I'm like, you were right. There is nothing. Nothing is after you. You're safe now. Like, okay, fucking annoyingly cryptic. Yeah. But I'm like, all right, what does this all mean? You know, at first. But then at the end of the movie, I'm like, what a what a fucking obvious, completely obvious way of dealing with this story. And I was like, fuck that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean when I say this is sort of like a mainstream horror movie that like, you know, because people who love these like would would love shit like that would think, oh, nothing means you know they name <laughs> death nothing yeah. you know like you'd be, like like fucking you know chuckleheads can appreciate yeah. shit like that and it's I'm like... not trying to like shit on people but that's who goes to see <laughs> mainstream horror movies and are scared by that shit you know so, that's like, why bro. like mediocre stuff so... like The Conjuring makes two million two hundred million dollars. He's like, bro, you know, like death. <laughs> it's like nothing, right? You know what I mean, bro. <laughs> That's like, yeah, that's dude. what this fucking, the, the level of this film is. You know what I mean? And I just like, for me, I just need more, man. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like, like, I guess like really obvious scripts like this really just, they just bug me, man. It pisses me off. Yeah. Especially when you see like, it could be so much more. Like I mentioned earlier with antlers, like this should be amazing, but it's not. Yeah. And I'm frustrated that it's not. Now I didn't expect this to be some sort of like, just blow my, like, I didn't expect this to like usurp Kill List as my favorite movie of the last 21 years. But in the end, I was like, man, that was okay. It could have been a lot better. Like, it was, it was, when you think about it, pretty, if you, if, if you, like, you know, if you want this to be a supernatural movie, like, you need to rethink a lot of it because this doesn't make any sense. But if you look at it like, like I did, I was like, well, it kind of makes sense. Like, this is all in her head. She's trying to justify her, the fact that, she didn't know her husband at all, and maybe he wanted to kill her. Yeah. You know, it happens. Yeah, but it's like the things that they baked into it, like this ambiguity was baked into it, you know? And I didn't I, – that, that's the thing that annoys me, where it's like someone – they were sitting around a table in a writing room somewhere, <laughs> and they're like, all right, let's make a film that we can argue one both ways. It's It's, you know, like – let, let's let's really be clever and put this script together and that's like really why i think like it was so obviously concocted and i just was like yeah fuck this you know yeah it felt like a studio note, like ambiguous ending explanation point you know like i love a good ambiguous ending that sure. gives you the pieces to put together like kill list does it's ambiguous but like there's enough there to like you can figure out how you got there and what's probably going to happen next uh this is just sort of like oh Either she's crazy or this is real. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's like, you know, oh, yeah, it was all a dream. You know, that kind of shit, you know? Yeah, it, it just, it didn't, like, and again, that ending could have been cool in a more fleshed out movie. But, it, you know, um, but that just wasn't this. That said, like, uh, we already went over, there's a lot to uh, admire about this movie. So if you're going to give it a final grade, what would you say? What are you thinking? 2.5. Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say three because I can, I, 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 like I said, I'm, I was talking to my mom. I was like, hey, you should see this. You'll probably really like it. <laughs> um, or like if you're looking, if you know, you have some friends that are like into the more mainstream stuff or like, oh, I'm not a horror fan. I'm like, well, I got a movie for you. Yeah. Um, yeah it's like if someone I knew <laughs> was like, like uh, if I knew they liked The Conjuring or something yeah. like that. And they're like, Mike, you like horror. Can you recommend something? I go, well, for you, the night house. For you. That'd be good. <laughs> for you. <laughs> exactly. It's not quite like, like like your Pantera thing and Halloween thing, you know. It's like this 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 is you know, this is fine for you. <laughs> <laughs> not for me. Uh but yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm just a, 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 a titch higher because I would recommend that. I think this could have an audience uh, that, that would really enjoy it. And th th there are people I would recommend it to. So I'm going to say three. It's not something I'll probably watch again or really even even think about. But, you know, this is a well-acted, slick movie. Uh, actually, when I think about it, this could almost be like a lifetime movie. If it was like, you know, <laughs> uh, you know lesser 
director, lesser cast. You know what I mean? There was like more shirtless scenes, and and like he actually was having an affair. That's what that's what would make it a lifetime. Film. Yeah, and it, it wouldn't be called the night out. It would be called like a woman scorned or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like some sort of uh, bullshit like that. But it's it's it it could easily have leaned in that territory for sure, uh, but it didn't. So there, you know, three stars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. 2020's The Night House. <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening, everyone. Take care. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.